Welcome to Living Scent, a Resonate Church podcast where we talk about what it means to be missional, putting missional back in our missional communities. And we are talking about enjoying grace, embodying love, and engaging culture as we learn how to live scent. Hey, it's time for another episode of Living Scent. Great to be with you. I'm excited for what we get to talk about today. And in the room, we've got Yvonne sitting on my left. Yo, yo. What's up, Yvonne? Yo, yo. And across the table, Jason. How's it going? Hey, everybody. Good to be here. And you cannot hear her, but she is here. And you can hear because she's pressing all the buttons. Vicky Esteller is rocking it out as the engineer. How's it going? Vicky, she's off mic. So, But she's here. Thanks, Vicky. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, we we are uh, really going to have like a spicy, uncomfortable podcast today. That's sort of the plan. Is it because right? we're like twisting and contorting mm, and I or don't, whatever? No, I think it's the topic we're okay, talking okay. about. Yeah. Right. So well, Yvonne? And to counter that spiciness. Yeah. The title is really not spicy. Yeah. Can you tell us? What it are kind we talking Does it like, like it brings down the temperature a little bit? Well, let's hear. Okay. What are we yeah. talking about today, Yvonne? Well, today's podcast episode is titled why should anyone go to the preston sprinkle conference oh okay that's coming up right yeah. it sure is in about a month okay that, that sounds like a very clear and straightforward title mm-hmm. okay we don't get to do fun wacky titles that are like alluding to something no mystery and we're just intrigue we're just aiming straight and true and we're just going for it what we want is clarity yeah. Okay, so be clear. Read it one more time. What is our title? This is the official, <clears throat> the pithy, <laughs> short, tight title for this episode. Yes. Why should anyone go to the Preston Sprinkle Conference? Okay. I like it. Um, and to be clear, the Preston Sprinkle Conference, that's something that Resonate is hosting mm-hmm. in February, where we're inviting churches from all over the Bay Area to come. Anyone. Uh, anyone in the Bay Area to come. And Preston Sprinkle is really a content expert when it comes to gender identity, same-sex attraction. And he's going to be bringing these topics and talking about how we as the church can love better and Mm -hmm. and really even have better posture, humility. Yes. Be more like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've all, especially those of us that resonate, we get to hear the gospel preached every single week. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful and beautiful. But sometimes we need a little extra help, more tools on just like, how does that actually come to board in my own life? Mm-hmm. Like, and we live in the Bay. So in terms of talk about gender identity, sexuality, it's all around us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like two areas where it really overlaps yep. for the people, like our audience, MC leaders, apprentices, people who are listening. It's like, we believe in the gospel Mm -hmm. and we live in the Bay Area of California. And so this matters. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this matters. Well, I think, and based on what you said, Yvonne, about how we we need to dig into this, we need to um, get some answers and clarity. It makes, and, and because we're all coming from we're all coming from like a different perspective, right? We all have our own journeys. And so that makes me want to ask the question, when did you guys get the talk? Oh, by the talk, you must mean sex. the sex talk. Sex. <laughs> That's right. Sex. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as for me, we're all giggling. This is like very indicative of this topic. We're, um, all, we're all 12 year olds here. <laughs> I mean, why not be a little middle school? Let's go. Well, for me, uh, the sex talk is still pending. I, okay. I'm still waiting. So, Dad, if you're listening, I'm, I'm finally ready. I'm 38 and I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> what about so, you, Scott? Yeah, uh, my my family comes from a very proper 
kind of culture. My mom's a Southern belle. My dad's sort of like English sort of mindset. And so we didn't talk about anything risque. Like you, we, you, you couldn't say the word, but in my house, <laughs> it was because this is considered too uncomfortable, too far, too far. Yeah. That's too far. So, and I love my parents' values and I love the way that they raised us, but there was a part of like, you would just knew you have to be careful. Yeah thoughtful about these things. Yeah. So we would call butts the derriere. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds way more, yeah. you know, uh, so, it's softer somehow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love I, I love what you said there because I have a lot of respect for what, what you said about how you, where you come from and that mm-hmm. you you love and respect the culture mm-hmm. that you come yeah. from yeah. and how, how much that plays into, um, you know, our understanding. My... My dad, my dad comes from you know the the Stoic Vikings of Sweden and Germany, yep. right? And mm-hmm. so everything just stays inside. And my mom uh, all comes from Livermore Cowboys. Okay, mm. and so l- growing up on the ranches, like you know, animals doing their thing, yeah, was just a normal part of life. And so that mm-hmm. I don't know if that trans that's probably how it translated to my mom's and my mom and dad's uh, openness about the subject. So yeah. It started for me at a young age, and I knew it was going on pretty early. So, <laughs> yeah. and just grew mm-hmm. comfortable with it. So, yeah. became very comfortable with talking yeah. about. So, you're maybe the most un- uncomfortable in this room. Something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Way to make it simple. Yeah. I, 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 how to be clear, right? <laughs> Come on. Seeking clarity. Yeah. yeah. Un- uncomfortable. Yeah. His yeah. face is the least red. We'll say yeah. that. My, my wife, too, she ra- was raised in rural Canada on a farm. Yeah. And it's just part of life. It's yeah. just what, what you do. Yeah. But, yeah, I think a lot of us feel uncomfortable in talking about sex. It's sort of yeah. like one of those things you're not supposed to talk about, mm-hmm. right? Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about sex. Don't talk about politics, especially at the the family meals we all just came from yeah, over the holidays. Yeah, holiday right? meal. Don't talk mm-hmm. about yeah. sex, religion, or politics. So right. guess what we're doing on the podcast today? Kind of all three. In we're going to just ways. pile them all together <laughs> into one topic. Come on, <laughs> come on. I, you know, Jesus probably made people more uncomfortable than anybody else. That's true. So that's true. And uh, I think that's part of this too is the idea that what what the church has sort of avoided. Jesus doesn't like the Bible is actually talking about like, right from the beginning in Genesis. There's mm-hmm. there's this beautiful picture of what God's creating, mm-hmm. and um, like it's not for us to run away from our bodies. He's actually like wants to redeem us, wants us to live our life in these bodies. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the, just to start a, the conversation, why why is it that the church avoids this topic? Yeah, same sex attraction, gender identity, and there's an avoidance. There's yeah. a, a silence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, immediately, the first thing that comes to mind is just the ranking of sin. And somehow, some way, at some point, there was just, I don't know who started it, but it became this thing where sin and, and anything having to do with sexual sin is the ultra sin. Yeah. Like, that's that's the worst one. And so, mm-hmm. like, don't talk about that one. Well, you know, it's interesting. If you go back and read the histories and read the the words of early church fathers, you go to Origen, and Origen was convinced that, this is uh, the second or third century, he was convinced that anything related to the body, anything external, was mm. evil. And so sex then sex, and sexuality became an evil thing. It, like, it, it, was a, it was a necessary evil. If we're going to keep the species going, I suppose we have to do this. Mm-hmm. But if you can avoid it at all costs, and that, you know, for many 
Christian traditions, that idea, that mindset permeated and continued through the centuries. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways we're still, we're still feeling that. Yeah. We're still, um, experiencing the ramifications of totally that. it's just yeah. packaged different yeah. yeah yeah this idea of like run away from this rather than right let, let christ renew this right mm-hmm. let there be something more beautiful in the right. way that he designed it right mm-hmm. and yeah. i think too the reason why we have not or why we've been uncomfortable with this topic is because of again just because of our own backgrounds so if we you know if you if you grew up um in in a household where you where sexuality was never discussed, then you just kind of assume that that's just not something you'd ever talk about, or that it's just something that you should avoid um, in polite conversation. Yeah, um, that there is a certain level of propriety involved, and and certainly we never want to be explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I mean, in the context. Yeah, but, but I mean, um, you know, and then even even some people's um, their experiences. Yeah. And there's a lot of pain associated yeah. with yeah. confusion, with mm-hmm. sin, with mm-hmm. um, being ostracized. And so, you know, it would just be easier to not talk about it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it'll figure itself out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then if I layer those two thoughts, what Yvonne sa- shared and what you shared, it's both that there's been a ranking of sin where some th- sins are seen as worse than others. Mm-hmm. And so there's something like bad and like rather than the humility to recognize, man, all of us, every one of us are in such need of a savior. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I sin a thousand times a day. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, but then on top of that, there's something culturally going on too, mm-hmm. where there's, there's like, uh, from whatever hurts, whatever things have gone on, like the, there's something when we say something is sinful or there's a right and a wrong, there's something we know there's going to be a response from yeah. the culture, from people who are not Christians yeah. to feel like that that's really wounding. That's yeah. really offensive to say that. And I think in some ways the church, big church, um, not just resonate, but in many ways the Western church is playing c- uh, catch up yeah. mm-hmm. um, because because this has been a subject that we've avoided for whatever reason, yeah. we are trying to figure out what we believe, what or not just not just what we believe, but how we're going to effectively communicate what we believe the scriptures teach about sexuality mm-hmm. and gender in a way that is uh, that makes sense and that is relevant, and not just a well do this or else, which I think has kind of been the path that we've taken. Um, but the truth is, there there are good beautiful, relevant answers, tan- <clears throat> excuse me, tangible, crunchy answers yeah. to some of these, um, some of these questions and topics that, um, that I, you know, with this conference coming up, I hope we can bring clarity to. Yeah. What are some things that maybe this conference would help? Yeah, I think that um, just having read and listened to some of Preston Sprinkle's stuff, like, I mean, he's he's had so much experience Mm -hmm. with um, just talking about it, entering Mm -hmm. in, researching. He has so many stories, real, birthed out of real deep, meaningful relationships and friendships. It's like the combination of like learning and being Uh well-read and brilliant PhD, like just really smart Mm -hmm. guy and real loving relationships, like real life. This is not uh, theoretical to him. Yeah. And yeah. it's so clear that he understands how much Jesus loves him hmm. and how much Jesus loves all people. Yeah. And uh, he's 
combined all of that to just help us understand how to have a posture yeah. of not so much trying to find the right answers, although he will answer some questions, but just how do we have a posture of love toward people? How do we be like Jesus who just only thought about, I don't, I'm not thinking about your sin, I'm just thinking about you're a person that yeah. needs me and I'm gonna move in compassion toward you. I think what I really appreciate about Preston is he operates this rare space in in the conversation where he himself will say that he he does not have same sex attraction. He, this is not this has not been part of his story, and yet he operates this place where he is able to have a lot of dialogue and conversations with people who are not Christians who diametrically oppose him, and yet is able to have a space at the table, uh, be a part of the conversation. In all honesty, I think it's something that we all um, can aspire to, Mm -hmm. is to be able to have, like you said, Yvonne, Mm -hmm. such great love for the person and to be able to talk about the issue or the topic in a way that is compelling, in a Mm -hmm. way that engages the hearer and not just tells them what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, engages the hearer. It's like cultivating our hearts in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this this kind of training, um, talking about gender identity, same-sex attraction, how is this missional? How is this actually living sent for, for someone to go to this training? Hmm. I mean, well, first of all, we're in the San Francisco Bay Area, and... Uh, I think it's it's just all around us. You know, I think um, I used to be in student ministry mm-hmm. and in some yeah, ways on. still middle am. Middle schoolers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love middle schoolers. You are because you work with me? Oh, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, and yeah, this, any any student right now, you, you ask him or her and they're going to say, yeah, I know someone who who has same-sex attraction, they're struggling with gender dysphoria, um, they, they know someone, yeah. And it, it's just all around us. And I mean, even though it, people might not come forward, like I bet, I actually I know that there are people in our church who are, um, yeah, wrestling with these things yeah. and don't feel comfortable to say it because the church has not entered into this dialogue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think too with our very, you know, um, Paul says that in Acts 17 that we were, that God specifically put us in the time and place that we live. Mm -hmm. So it's no accident that Resonate Church exists in the San Francisco Mm. Bay Area in 2022, Mm -hmm. uh, no, 2023, excuse me. God actually planned it out, (laughs) that Resonate would exist right now in in this moment. Yeah, and I I think... so let's and and I'm not going to pretend that everybody at our church mm-hmm. is has the same understanding of the mm-hmm. scriptures on this topic. But I'll speak for those I'll speak for the people who would see um the you know the traditional biblical view of sexuality and gender uh, as God creating male and female, God uh, and God intending uh sexuality to be expressed within a married heterosexual uh relationship that um, it, it can feel scary and it can, you can feel a sense of antagonism against you just for holding that view mm-hmm. and wanting to love, wanting to speak, wanting to share, 
but feeling so afraid of of maybe the backlash, mm. afraid of being canceled, afraid and just not having the words. I mean, how yeah. often do, or do we find ourselves where we just I don't have the words. I know what I believe, but I don't have the words to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I want to say it the best way. Mm-hmm. And so even though ultimately we we acknowledge and believe and say amen to the fact that God's the one that changes people's hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. We do want to be equipped mm-hmm. with language, mm-hmm. with posture, mm-hmm. um, and with a sense of, I think, confidence uh, to know how to speak and engage a world that is um, uh, different than us. Yeah. I, I can't help but think of the stories of Jesus in the New Testament when the religious people are judging him, mm-hmm. like not just judging, they're conspiring to murder they're him. They're condemning him, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Like they're, going, they're killing him. Yeah. They're yeah. laying out plans to kill him. But what, what he was doing was loving people that the religious world had marked sort of like with the hierarchy of sins. So yeah. Like, oh, you're one of the really bad sinners, mm-hmm. right? Like a tax collector or a woman caught in adultery, right? And so there... What what Jesus enters into is I, I I just love the stories that he's destroying those categories mm. and and you see his heart yeah that that he's not seeing the guys sta- holding stones going to kill the woman caught in adultery in, in John he they saw themselves as the righteous accusers mm-hmm. right and they see the woman caught in adultery as the the sinner yeah. You know? And Jesus just blows those categories out of the water, right? Right. This question, you know, who let him without sin be the first one to cast a stone? Yeah. And it's now the categories are sinners who admit it, yeah, and sinners who don't, mm. yeah. And and um, but what I what I see in those, there's like this view of Jesus with his tenderness and his love, mm-hmm. that that I'm I'm astounded at the love of Jesus yeah. and, and thinking, um, the the care he had, the, like a, a woman. Is like a, a anointing his feet with tears and washing her feet with her hair, and Simon the Pharisee is judging her, mm-hmm. but Jesus is loving her. Yeah. And I, and when I think about um, our the why has our culture sort of pigeonholed the church, and they're like, we we don't want to be with the evangelical church. We don't want to be with the church. There's a part of because we haven't been like Jesus. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. We've aligned we, ourselves with the Pharisees. Yeah, we right? we have we have bought into. And I say this with conviction, um, a conviction against me. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. have we have bought into a mindset of us versus them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we have and and you know this this comes from I think a, a cultural Christianity that existed in the West where we're like the where the, we thought or felt like we were the majority where we could, and now <clears throat> what we've realized or hopefully what we're realizing is that it's actually not an us versus them mm-hmm. that. All of us, all of us are the woman who deserves right. to be stoned. Yeah. All of us are the thief on the yeah. cross. All yeah. of us are the ones who, who mm-hmm. have sinned. And I, in fact, I'm even the one who deserved to be stoned and I picked up a stone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm both. Yeah, I'm, I'm both. <laughs> I'm, I'm both the Pharisee judging. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm the one that's so broken, I have no hope. I mean, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I hope, so I, I won't mm-hmm. speak for other people. I'll yeah. speak for myself. Yeah. I really hope that I'm corrected. Mm-hmm. by this yeah. conference. And that's where I love that you bring that up because the gospel correction in those stories, yeah. we realize I'm I'm the one that 
has made a mess of my life and I've turned away from God and mm -hmm. I, I need rescue. I, I'm that one. And um, what when I think about Jesus interacting that way and I think about his life, I realize if I'm the one that was going to be stoned and then like the one who should stone me dies for me instead... Like this, there should be something that changes in my heart. I'm like, right. oh, if I receive all of this love, it should change me, but it hasn't changed me enough, mm -hmm. right? There's some ways where I'm loving, but uh, so when I think about the church and how this is living sent, I we could say, well, we need to be more missional, but I think underneath that is, we, it's not a mission problem; it's a love problem. Yep. Yes. We we haven't realized how much we're loved and it hasn't changed us into people who love the same way. We start loving people around us the way Jesus yeah. does. So then we're not engaging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we don't love enough. And I yeah. think uh, I, I think when when we love more um it transforms the way not only that we see the world, but even more specifically, it transforms the way that we see the people we work with who are who, who believe differently. It transforms, I mean, it transforms the way we see our kids who may be wrestling with um, some of these things or it transforms our, a friend who we didn't even know was wrestling with these things. It tra I mean, because it, then it's, it, no, it takes away the, I need to fix this person mm -hmm. and it, and it challenges, us to, challenges us to say, I, wanna, I want to love this person. Yeah, and I think even in the, like, I'm reflecting on myself as I'm hearing you guys, like, talk, and when I am saying I need to fix this person, I might not be holding the stone in front of them to see, but I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to put it behind my back, but my hand is still loaded with the stone, you know, and and I think that that's what a lot of times, like, the church's response to these things has looked like mm, and and yeah. people see the hand behind the back it's like no there's still something there yeah mm -hmm. yeah and I, I think that's a part of just even myself like when I'm talking with people mm -hmm. I'm afraid to engage in these ways because I feel like I, I mean I have the problem of having to like sit down next to someone on the airplane and they what do you do and if I answer that question I'm like they're gonna immediately it's gonna shut down the conversation mm -hmm. um I know that as soon as you think about religion or Jesus, it, it turns into this view like there's like there's been so many wounds, they've been judged so mm -hmm. many times mm -hmm. that that it, it starts to shut down uh, communication. It starts to, sh and so I'm afraid to engage on the subject of sex or the subject LGBTQ, like these mm -hmm. these thoughts, because I feel like I'll immediately be telling people, oh, I'm judging you, when yeah. that's not what I want at all. Mm -hmm. I, I want something completely different. Yeah. And so that fear on my part keeps mm. me disengaged. Yeah. So again, it's a love problem. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I gotta get more love than the fear. Yeah, mm. and that's, I think that's the, you know, the beautiful thing of the gospel is that, um, is that it transforms our thinking. So not just an us versus them, but it also, it, <laughs> it relieves us mm -hmm. from the pressure of having to change someone. So I think one of the mistakes that we've made is I need to change this person. So um, I know in my, and I say this with a bit of shame, uh, which the gospel frees me from, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I remember in my very, very early, early, early years of youth ministry, mm -hmm. 
that I had a mindset where if a kid, regardless of whatever the sin was, Mm -hmm. I felt like this person needs to become a good person. This person needs to get their sexuality right. And then I'll like, I need to fix that first Mm -hmm. and then I'll introduce them to Jesus. And not that I ever thought that I never thought that, but it certainly was my practice. Mm -hmm. And what, what I think, uh, what I've heard Preston talk about when he's talking to Christians and what the gospel absolutely informs is that it's not, I need to fix you so that I can introduce you to Jesus and show you how wonderful he is. It's, I want to introduce you to Jesus, period. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. Yep. I'm done. Hmm. Yeah. And the agenda is him. Uh, yes. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm done. The Holy Spirit takes it from here mm-hmm. to transform a person's heart from death to life. And the beautiful thing is, <laughs> we're all wrestling with sin mm-hmm. that needs to be worked out. Yep. And Jesus still received us. Yeah. And as we as we go through a life of sanctification and, and growing in maturity, those things get ironed out. Mm-hmm. So why do we want our listeners to go to this conference? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I can tell just from, and we've talked about this before, but yeah, the three of us in different to varying degrees, we feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, yeah, we have that posture of like, we want to grow, we want to grow in love. And I think for a lot of people, this is going to help you take that next step. Maybe you're someone who has never, um, like you've been an avoider of this subject your whole life and no one's saying, Hey, shame on you. Like no one's saying that if you hear that voice, that ain't from Jesus. Yep. Um, but yeah, like he he offers us the freedom to go toward these things. And so yeah. even if you come to this conference, all you have to do is come and, and sit in a chair and, and listen. Be a mm-hmm. listener and a learner. Mm-hmm. So come on. Yeah. I, I love it too because it if he loves us so much mm-hmm. um, and wants to change us, I I like to I like to choose things where I won't be too uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? But I'm like, oh, if Jesus really wants to conform me to become like him, that's going to be a lot of change, right? And so um, in coming to this conference, some MC leaders, missional community Mm -hmm. leaders might feel uncomfortable, right? right? You might be challenged, Mm -hmm. right? Um, some, you might come and you might be affirmed yep. in what you believe. Yeah. You might be like, okay, that's good. Some might come and be rebuked mm-hmm. in what they believe or the framework that they're looking at. Right. But if we're discipling people, I, I feel like we can't disciple them unless we're growing, mm-hmm. right? And we can't take them to uncomfortable places unless we go to uncomfortable places. So to point out where I'm wrong or where I'm blind to myself or where I'm not seeing the gospel yet, I, I actually want that more than feeling comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My, I mean, my own selfish, if it is selfish, but my own selfish hope is that even though this is a topic that I'm not uncomfortable to discuss, mm-hmm. um, I know that that actually makes me more prideful about my position. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, the depths of our <clears throat> sin is incalculable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm humble. Look at how awesome yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. um, the, you know, I, I mean, there's, we all have blind spots. The worst ones are the ones that we um, are either don't know are there. I guess it, the, by definition, a blind spot is you don't know mm-hmm. that it's there. But, <laughs> but we all have these parts of us that need to be um, 
rooted out, need to be transformed. And I just hope, my hope for myself, and I guess my prayer for the MC leaders and apprentices and anybody who goes, is that we would just have open hearts. God, would you teach me something? Would you reveal something about reveal something to me about myself, about the word, about the gospel, about people, about the lost, mm-hmm. about about the reality of sexuality and how you've created it. Mm-hmm. Would I, I mean, my hope is that everyone who goes walks away going, wow, I, I needed to hear that. I can't wait to engage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not going to lie, like it's going to be a bit overwhelming for probably most of us. That's right. And I think one of the best things about this conference is, you know, I bet a lot of us have thought about like engaging and learning more, but it's scary to do it by yourself. So something that is a conference where there's so many people that's going to be there, you're not going to be doing it alone. You're not going to be singled out. You don't have to worry about like, oh, what if someone catches me there? Like, yeah, we're all going to catch you there because we're all going to be there. So yeah, yeah, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And and attending this conference won't answer all the questions. No way. You won't come out finished. Mm -hmm. You won't be like, now I know how to perfectly live in love like Jesus (laughs) because I went to a two-day conference, right? That's, That's not actually... But... Oh, how much I want, like, if someone were to talk about resonate, like, what, what does resonate feel like? What if humility were one of the words that they, that they used, mm-hmm. right? What if, um, what if we, like, what really marked us was the fact that we're willing to grow. We're willing to change. We, we don't believe we've arrived yet. Mm. Yeah, that, and, and I think that's an essential part of being a disciple, because Romans eight twenty nine says we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, and I'm like, okay, so He's gonna make me mm-hmm. so that I actually do look like Jesus. I actually <laughs> do love like Jesus. Yeah. That my like the, my my natural reaction is to be filled with the compassion and love and action and wisdom of Christ. Then I'm like, so where am I now on that? I'm pretty far away from like mm-hmm. that image of Christ. So, so then, how much change? should I anticipate, Mm -hmm. right? And how much change am I experiencing? Mm -hmm. So then I'd say to all of our MC leaders and apprentices, come so that you can experience more change. Yeah. Come to let him point that out in you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, we're not going so that Preston can tell us how to live. We're not going so that any, any one of us can, can correct, um, you know, the, the sharp edges. We're going so that the Holy spirit can correct us and Mm -hmm. teach us and lead us. Yeah. So he, so that the Holy Spirit can show us where we need to grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I want to be in that community. Yeah, I want to go to that conference. <laughs> I'll yeah. go to that church, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think that's like the best step toward being a disciple maker is, is that growing ourselves, right? We we will lead people with where we've been growing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other encouragements to our audience before we sign off? No, I just my my hope is that um, that you would be excited about what God has for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not always just walking in with open hands yeah. and saying, God, what would you have for me? Yeah. Embrace a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'll see you there. Okay. I'll <laughs> see you awesome. there too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to see you next week as we continue talking about ways that we can live sent. Hey, it's been a great conversation and I want to encourage all of you MC leaders and apprentices, like what to do now 
uh, press pause on the podcast, switch over to your browser, and click on the tickets for this conference and uh, come be a part of it. I would love to see every one of our disciple makers, every MC leader, every apprentice at that conference um, so that we can keep growing and learning how to engage culture and how to live sent. So can't wait to see you there.